We know if you don't get sleep for two or three days in a row, you die. I mean, it's that bad. Hey, welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. And my guest today, I'm really excited about because there's a lot of things that this gentleman really holds near and dear to my heart when it comes to fashion and then also sleep. Francois Cress, how are you today, sir? I'm great. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me today. Welcome on. Man, sleep is a big thing, right? And everyone has trouble sleeping. I know I do sometimes. Everybody across the world probably experiences this. Why would you dive into this? Is this something that you had trouble with too? Yes, I have been uh, somewhat of an insomniac all my life since a young age. And uh, I, uh, I didn't specifically, go, I didn't get interested into sleep specifically, but my sleep issues certainly helped me uh, get very in tune with uh, what we were trying to do. And yes, uh, uh, and, and what we are doing is helping me, by the way. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. That's exciting. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Because you, you're with Feelmore Labs, right? And there's this amazing device that you have. I was checking it out online and I'm really intrigued, my man. Tell me about this thing. Yes. And uh, at Feelmore Labs, we have been for the past uh, four years and so really uh, trying to understand how we can impact the nervous system and the brain by vibrating on the skin, very simply. And then by applying very mm -hmm. specific vibrations, very light vibration, Long story short, we nailed it a few years ago, and we have the ability to help you with stress and sleep uh, in a very uh, uh, discreet manner by applying vibration 20 minutes a day on your skin behind your ear. And by doing that, your brain evolves in a way which makes you handle stress much better, and stress and sleep are very interrelated, uh, and then you sleep better as well. You say that your brain evolves into a better way. Does it rewire or something like that? How does this work? It, it, you know, uh, it, your brain constantly wires and rewires. You know, as, as, you, as you probably heard before, what fires together, wires together, which is a, a neuroscience kind of saying, which uh, means that we, we repeatedly make your brain fires those networks which are involved into anxiety modulation and stress modulation. And as you fire them every day, behind the scene, you don't feel anything really while you do it, uh, they become stronger. And then you handle stress much better. You Interesting. So you say throughout the day, mm -hmm. the, I, I looked at the device on, on the imaging, and it looks like it goes kind of behind your head. Oh, you have it right there. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so I, everybody watching I, on YouTube. Uh, I use it all the time. You just wrap it around your head. It's quite discreet. You don't really see it from the front, you know? Yeah. You just wrap, turn it on. And it starts playing the vibration, which are very subtle, and you barely feel them. Uh, but they actually, behind the scene, pre-consciously, they activate parts of your brain without you knowing. But we could see it on an MRI or do an EEG while you are wearing it, and we see things happening in the brain. That's incredible. I, it reminded me when I took a look at the, and now when I see it even more so, because I used to wear headset mics when I was playing music all the time. And it, it wrapped around in a very similar fashion. And I remember it, it sort of squeezing on the base of my skull on the back. Is that where the vibrations take place? No, the vibrations take place on the bone behind the ear, which is called the mastoid bone and the temporal bone. I mean, this part. Then huh. we vibrate back in this place, which is uh, 
quite unusual. There's not much happening there usually in regular. Yeah, months. yeah. Um, and we apply the, the vibration there for different reasons, but also because it's a piece of real estate which is not very busy in the body. That's that's fine. <laughs> so, talk to me a bit about your insomnia. You know, and you said you've struggled with it your entire life. I'm assuming that impacted you in some way to develop this thing. But when did that start? Why do you have? Why do you think you have it? Yeah, I mean, there is part we believe which is genetic, uh, or you inherit it through the behaviors of your parents. My father is an insomniac. I am an insomniac. Uh, not terrible, but I have to say it's. To me, for me, it's very linked to my natural anxiety, which I think has been productive anxiety all my life, has forced me to do things. Anxiety can be productive. It's not always negative. Uh, but sometimes it puts me on very often on overdrive at night. You know, then I start, the, the wheel starts spinning, thinking about the next day, your project, your uh, how not to fail. I mean, all the, the anxiety drivers we all know and then keeps you awake. Basically, that's it. Or you wake up very early in the morning and you start already working in your head when you should be re resting. Then, yeah, I, I've, I've tried everything when it comes to sleep. You know, natural techniques, pills, uh, herbal teas, uh, you name it. Uh, and in the end, some people sleep better than others. It's, uh, it's not, you know, we are wired differently once again. I think I don't need probably as much sleep than many people, but I need deep sleep. I need good quality sleep. And that's what I don't always get. And what our, our device, technology has helped me and many other people already to fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer and deeper, which is really a blessing uh, because other, other solutions are either very uh, short-term and be addictive, you know, some of these pills and- uh, Oh, sure, like Ambien. I know everybody <laughs> rushes to Ambien, you know, or even melatonin, obviously, has been around for several years, too. Yeah. But even melatonin, doesn't your brain start to depend on that when you're taking it daily? You naturally produce melatonin, which is supposed to induce your sleep. Is it proven that when you absorb melatonin through the mouth, it passes the brain-blood barrier and all that? We don't really know. Uh, I, it never worked for me. It's too, it's too weak. Melatonin. <laughs> <Put> me <laughs> I never liked it, you know, cause I, I mean, I see people take these five to 10 milligram pills and the only one that I ever found that I actually could have was a 300 microgram one that was like an extended release over six hours or so, which I guess mimics more of what your body does right. rather than this mega dose that you just get right away. I remember waking up two hours after I took, I think it was even just a five milligram or something. I know they go up to 10, 20, 30. I've seen these in, you know, on Amazon and supplement stores. And I, I lay there and then it's like, I can't feel my limbs you know, because this stuff is just sitting in my serum. And it, it's telling my body, it's like, wait, you shouldn't move at this point. And I'm thinking it's like, this is where my brain goes, right? Because of the security mindset that I have. It's like, what if somebody comes into my house Am I going to be able to move? And I, I, I hated it. So then the anxiety, you know, I went through a period of severe anxiety in my life too. But it, when I felt that, it was like the anxiety that I had just for somebody coming in was now amplified by me not being able to feel like I could do something okay. if I needed to. Yeah. You know, so it's a, I, I, I don't like taking pills in general. Yeah. I don't know if anybody does. You know, so it's, Something like this can really help people, right? How did you stumble across these crazy waves? Because you're stimulating the anxiety modulation parts of the brain, right? You were talking about. So it can help you go through those calms better. Is, did I hear you correctly? Yeah, you, you heard me perfectly correctly. And 
it took a lot of trial and errors. Uh, we, we basically figured out that, you know, the skin is very rich in little sensors called receptors, mechanoreceptors. They detect, some detect temperature of pain and some motion. And we, yeah. targeted, we targeted specifically the ones which detect affective touch. And affective touch is something very human, exists also in large mammals, but it is very gentle, slow motion, low pressure touch, which is basically a caress, which as we know, when it's, uh, uh, when it's uh, uh, given by someone we like, uh, helps us sometimes relax and put us in a good place. Then basically we, we piggyback on, on this pre-existing wiring of your body, which is wired to those parts of the brain. And by activating those sensors in the skin, we activate and modulate those parts of the brain because it's all wired to, to there. And it's, it's actually very simple in the sense that we are using something which has been with us forever, but we are, especially in these days when we have less obviously connection with people, physical connection with people, uh, is not necessarily available. Um, as much as we need it, we need touch. And basically that's what we do. We provide you subtle affective touch, uh, which will put your brain in the right place to handle anxiety, stress, uh, and, and make you more resilient to stress over time. Meaning your, your brain will respond much more spontaneously to stressors and stressful events when they appear. It's not necessarily for serious and severe medical cases. Obviously, we, are not, we don't present ourselves as a substitute because obviously we don't, it's not magic, but it's certainly a complement and in some cases could be a substitute. Yeah. Why did you dive into this, man? I mean, what, 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 where, where was that spark that one day you're like, you know, what, I'm going to make this thing that wraps around your head and subtly caresses you? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And obviously nothing happens like that. I mean, it, Sounds good as a story when you have a eureka moment. Uh, it takes time. <laughs> I joined this project early on with a bunch of researchers from MIT, Harvard Medical School, who are looking into more broadly into what happens when you vibrate on the skin. You know, the placements around the head, around the body, uh, because we know, we know about these receptors. We know that nerves end in the skin, and if you vibrate on them, something happens. And there was a long time, I was very interested in the potential because it's a very light technology, it's not invasive, it's easy to use. And, and I saw the potential, and maybe we can connect with my background too at some point, uh, I saw the potential to make it maybe even a cool device, a cool wearable, which could make you socially you know, enhanced because you take care of your mental wellness, but at the same time does actually something. Then it becomes an accessory on, on, in your life, which is not only stylish and cool, but actually does something to you, positive to you and helps you go through the day and the night. Then um, that was this combination which fascinated me because I like science, but I also like what makes people feel better about themselves by wearing something. Sure, and looking good too at the same time. Right? I, I said pre-show that I wore something special for you because I saw your background, you know, and you've been part of major luxury brands, you know, the Ro Prada, Louis Vuitton. Fendi, and then Bulgari. I wore my Bulgari Octofemnissimo just for you today. Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite pieces that I have. You know, it's just incredible. And I got it from the Bulgari Boutique in New York City on Fifth Avenue. You know, the, this is, you look on the side, it's number one of 15. It's the limited edition. It's pretty fun. I like looking good, you know, and I'm sure you do. And when you put that on, I noticed that it's very fashionable. Yeah, the idea was like, and we picked, you know, a neutral color for now. and. We may have collaboration in the future with artists or fashion designers, 
for now, it's something we wanted to be either something you want to display or something can also be more discreet about. It also depends a lot on your hairdo or your hair color, your skin color, even you can really, but it's it's discreet while there are still some details which are visible and depending on who you are, you may want to brag about it or you want to be discreet about it. But we want it to be totally easy to integrate into your daily life. You can walk on the street if you still do that with it on your head. Uh, you can commute, you can do that at home, you can do that in bed before sleep. Then the idea was to be very, uh, you know, we, we don't want to push too hard. It's a new technology. It's something you, yet another thing you have to add to your daily routine. Then let's make it as easy as possible and as cool as possible. And that was really the, the impetus behind it. And a design element, I mean, it still looks how it looks. We can make it better, but I think it's, it's pretty decent for a wearable. I like it. Yeah. Back in the days of when my kids were babies, you know, you, you were talking about human touch and I remember getting them to, to go to sleep, you know, if they were in my arms, there was something, do I would just lightly caress even over their eyebrows and down the sides of their temples and you would start to see their eyes get heavier and heavier. You know, it was never cry to sleep or rock them to sleep. It was just simple touch is all that it was. And I, I, I love that, you know, and to your point, it's like human beings require touch, but how much touch, because there's people out there that say, I don't like to be touched. Right. And that's probably from some trauma in their life or something like that. I would, I would think so, even when they're very young, how much touch does a human being really need? Ah, that's uh that's an excellent question, which I'm not sure um, there is a straight answer to. Um, there is certainly a daily need for touch. Um, you know, that's a connection with others. That's what you noticed, especially parents, children. I have four kids. I, I know you're, you have twins, right? Yeah, uh, I do. <laughs> and then um, we, we all know how much they crave for that. And it's so important for their development and, and for the trust factor. That's the same for adults, maybe at a, at a lesser degree. But I would say a daily touch by a third party <laughs> that you trust and like matters a lot. Uh, and there are different types of types of touch. We talk about a, a lot about the power of a hug, which is a different nature of touch than what we do. It's not affective touch, but it's more pressure touch, which matters too. And it's a different type of receptors involved in that. Then there is a whole. Huh. We can go down really to the to the physics of that, to what's in the skin which is receiving that, because there's a symbolic of it of someone hugging a, another person. But actually, there is a physical reason why it's working. <laughs> because you are pressing on receptors in the skin, which actually said something to the brain, which in turn generates the chemistry you need to feel better. And all the, that's, a, that's a fascinating part for me that all these very highly symbolic things, which are about empathy and connection between people, also have a scientific explanation, which is wonderful when we're able to do that. And then yeah. we can mimic it with, with technology. I love that. So with this touch, and of course with the vibrations, but anything, I mean, you know, I, I love you know, fingers from someone I like on the back of my head, you know, is that effective touch as well? The similar yeah. thing? Yes. Yeah, so, anything light and slow is effective touch. That's basically. That, that's fun. So how does that, what does it stimulate in your brain? Obviously neural pathways, but does it stimulate dopamine? Does it stimulate serotonin? How does this function chemically? Yes. Then I'm not going to make any claims there because we haven't we have done a lot of clinical testing uh, at a very high level of, of uh, confidence and, and, and seriousness. We haven't done any uh, 
chemical analysis. So we haven't looked at the neurotransmitters of the hormones. That's a project we have that's very involved. You know, you need to take a spinal tap or do that on animals, which we don't want to do. <laughs> wow. yeah. It's much more complicated. But in theory, we know what part of the brain is involved. That we can see uh, in MRI studies. We can uh, see a lot of stuff happening with EEG. We did a lot of EEG studies. Then we, we can assume that all the neurotransmitters you mentioned are involved. But we don't have, and, and we believe that we want to be very true to science and we don't make any claims that we have not backed by data. Then I cannot tell you for a fact, but it should be present and we will show, we'll look at it in the years to come. That's awesome. And uh, I'm, one thing that's going on in my head, how did you go from fashion to this? Then as you said before, first of all, fashion and luxury are slightly different. Uh, it's a bit of a nuance, but um, they, they intersect. But you have fashion, which is not luxury, obviously. Oh, sure. Uh, luxury is a big, is a very broad and has been extraordinarily successful in the past 30 years, you know, growing in different parts of the world. And now it's mostly China is really driving the, the conversation. Uh, then listen, I was there at, at a great time. I am a scientist by training, mostly, you know, in math. Um, I, I ended up uh, working for LVMH. You're probably familiar with uh, the group. Uh, Bernard Arnault has also a scientific background, by the way, the, of the group. He's now, I think, the third richest guy in the world. And uh, <laughs> he did pretty well <laughs> getting into luxury. He hired me at an early stage in the 90s. And I worked all around the world on many of the most prestigious brands in, in the world. Loved it. But I always wanted to go back to science at some point. I, I missed, it was wonderful. First of all, it's a business and it's a, you learn how to run a business. It's beautiful. You deal with a lot of creative people. But I was missing that kind of very, uh, you know, rational component, which you find in science. Then when I got this opportunity and I got on, I sat on some board of biotech companies along the way, which really opened up for me a, another world. And I thought always, all that time I was thinking, how do I combine those? You know, how do I, everything I've learned to, build these wonderful, beautiful brands based mostly on craftsmanship um, and managing to build those beautiful brands, which uh, basically sell uh, very expensive stuff to people who don't need it. <laughs> That's basically what luxury <laughs> does, uh, which is a talent. You know, you have to, you have to build very, uh, the marketing is very subtle to get to that level. And then how do you apply that to actual product to actually do something? Uh, we actually, how do you combine those? Because those words are so separate and I've been so separate for so long, you know, maybe uh, uh, in tech, you would say Apple was probably the closest to create a really a dream through the brand and not being just an engineering brand with yeah. functionalities. Then yeah. I saw that. I, I like your past tense on that, that Apple was the closest because I don't feel that they so much are anymore. It takes yeah. a visionaire. It takes yeah. at the helm. That's why those luxury brands, those fashion brands, some of the successful ones are so powerful. Even if the product is what it is, uh, it's because there's a vision behind. Uh, and you can have beautiful engineered uh, made product which really do something. Uh, they have great functionalities, but they miss that point. There is no vision behind them. That's the difference between maybe the Apple of before and the Apple of today. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to delete your account off of social okay. media. Thank you. <laughs> or mine, who knows? <laughs> we'll I never know. Yeah, who knows these days for sure. <laughs> and I love, I love Cove. And this is something I'm going to try out too. With my, uh, my history of anxiety, I don't necessarily have it much anymore. Mine was sort of medically induced a few years back because of an illness that I was going through and not knowing what was going on, you know, and then worrying, am I going to survive? 
you know, when I would go to bed at night, my, my mind would just keep going, thinking about the next day and what I had to do to try to put things in place in case I'm not around, wow. you know, and it was just crazy. So I'd been through those moments to where I'd wake up and it was like clockwork, man. I'd fall asleep and I'd, I'd wake up 90 minutes after and the room would just be spinning and I'd be up for four hours, you know, and then I'd have to, at that time I would even pound scotch, you know, there was a point to where, and I love scotch, you know, but I started realizing that I started depending on it to even fall back asleep. And I had at that time, you know, it was, it was a smaller collection, but a few thousand dollars that I just dumped down the freaking drain Whoa. because of this. And I recognized, I mean, you know, some higher end McAllen, some Balvinis, I was just dumping them down the drain. It's like, I can't do this. But then downing Xanax, you know, and Ambien and trying to, to go to sleep, I've been through these cycles and it just sucks. Arnold. Yeah, it's a, I don't know if you've been, you know, in those deep, dark places, but I know a lot of Americans, a lot of people around the world are, especially this year, right? Coming out of this past year, trying to get through life and something like this. I mean, just to do this natural caressing touch. And even I've looked at, you kind of got me on a bit of a soapbox here, but even looking at the statistics and, you know, just families that have been split apart because of the geographical differences and the tensions, you know, between... I know I, my mom is married to a guy who is a stroke victim and they're in this high risk category. I haven't seen her in months, wow. you know, and it's, you know, and now it becomes, you don't see him, but then you don't even talk to him as much either, you know, and then you have these strained relationships because of that thinking, well, what's going on in their head? Are they mad at me? Am I mad at that? Or do they think that I'm mad at them? And then it spins us more anxiety coming out of this year. You know, what you have, man, if, this is something you're saying it where I'm going to order one just because of the fun of it, you know, just, <laughs> just to check it out. You know, I, I don't have trouble sleeping nowadays. I think I have, I, I, if I get between six to six and a half hours every single night, that's perfect. as long as it's deep sleep, you know, if I sleep seven hours, dude, it's too much. And then I feel like, like it's weird, but is that a thing too, that this helps with is the deep sleep? Because I know some people will say, I need 10 hours. I need nine hours. Everybody's different, okay. right? But is it really quality sleep that they're getting that's hindering that? And can this help? Then, yes. I mean, what, uh, what we are looking at, we haven't done full-on sleep studies. I mean, it's hard to measure. Basically, you have to sleep with an EEG cap on your head to really know which phase of sleep you are in. But... What we know for a fact from all our sleep studies, and by the way, we are currently conducting uh, an insomnia study with clinically diagnosed people, uh, which we are going to submit to the FDA as well, by the way. Um, then we are doing serious studies. But the depth of sleep is harder to measure uh, unless you really go to a clinic and put an EG cap to people, which in itself already troubles their sleep anyways. And it's yeah, not very yeah. But we have done a, we have done a lot of uh, subjective measures Sleep is very subjective, by the way. You probably know that when you, you think you had a terrible night, and actually if we measured it, we would tell you, no, your night was not that bad. And uh, it's mostly that, that way. Sometimes that's the opposite. You think you slept well and you didn't sleep at all. Uh, then it's extremely subjective, and people are most of the time wrong about assessing their own sleep. Then, oh, really? That's fine. Yes, that's very interesting. <laughs> but from a self-assessment standpoint, people feel that they sleep better. And we also did, obviously objective measurements uh, using some tools not as involved as EEG. And the, the sleep uh, latency, which is how fast you fall asleep, was definitely shorter by a lot. 
which is a problem awesome. for some people. Some people don't fall asleep. And people sleep longer, up to one hour more than they sleep usually. And that we know. And they reported deeper sleep and they reported more dreams, which is interesting because dreams are also characteristic of deeper sleep. Uh, then we assume that also shows that they sleep better than, uh, and deeper. Then, you know, all these, all these things are highly subjective again, uh, but so many people, we have 3,500 people who have been through our studies altogether. Sleep is the number one benefit that everybody reports. Within, even when they are not prompted on sleep, they notice it themselves. And even if you do session when you get one, I will be very happy to send you one. Uh, when you use it the first time or the first few days, you may notice sleep benefits, even if you sleep well already. You may find a different pattern. You may find out that you dream deeper and more mm. dreams. There are like some interesting phenomena. We can't explain everything, obviously. The brain is very complex. We know only a very small percentage of what's happening up there. Uh, but it's very interesting from all these thousands of people who reported their, their, their impression and their feelings with the device that sleep is the most life-changing one for them. That's super important. And I, I, you're talking about the cycles and d dreaming deeper. Isn't it somewhere around 60 to 90 minutes is a typical sleep cycle? Yes, so that, uh, uh, absolutely. Then you, you, know, you have the different uh, phase and uh, yeah. depth and the brain, you know, basically there's a period which is the most important when your brain basically power washes itself, which is really yeah. what you want. That's really what re rejuvenates you through the night. That's For sure. Those are those helper cells that go around, isn't it? I've, I've looked at those in Harvard studies before. Yeah. Yeah. And in these cycles, when you come to the end of the cycle is coming out of a dream yeah. and what I was reading too. And that's where a lot of times, as long as I'm in a good pattern, you know, I mean, we're, with working out and just uh, eating the way that I should, you know, not consuming too much alcohol. I mean, just everything in moderation yeah. in, in my life that I typically will wake up before my alarm goes off. And it's always at the right point of waking up too. It's always r right when I'm coming out of a dream. And I remember that last dream. And that I've noticed that that becomes a, a sign to me saying, awesome. I was, a, uh, I yeah. woke up in the right spot. Exactly. And you if you feel, that. yeah, I know if you feel kind of groggy, you're in the, you wake up in the wrong spot of your sleep cycle for the most part. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that thing that, you know, yourself very well, which is wonderful. Some people don't know themselves and let a lot of out external factors dis disrupt their sleep because they don't realize how important sleep is for them. I mean, sleep is, we know if you don't get sleep for two or three days in a row, you die. I mean, it's that bad. It's more yeah. even than food. Uh, yeah. Sleep is essential. And we don't really understand why. As there are some studies starting to show that it has something to do with your guts, by the way. Things go really wrong in your guts if you don't sleep for three days in a row. Huh. Uh, and then basically it kills you. Then, um, yeah, I mean, sleep is absolutely fundamental to life, to your brain, to your focus, to your performance, to everything. Then if we can help even marginally, that has a huge implication and amplified benefits on your daily life. And, and that's what we are very, very excited about. And we'll keep studying and we are improving the technology. But again, try it. Let us know if you feel anything. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I pretty much try anything in life. There's those obviously in the world that are always going to have the question, you know, how safe is it? You know, because is it going to give me a headache or something like that if it's vibrating my bones you know, of, yeah. my, of my head? But how do you, what's the answer to that? You know, how, I'm sure you've done lots of studies, but how safe is it, man? 
Yes, and and that we have really obviously taken taken extremely seriously, and because we are dealing also with the FDA for our medical uh, branch, uh, we have it's it's just about numbers, you know, statistically, thirty five hundred subjects in our studies, some uh, you know with actual medical claims, some just people like you and me with light uh, yeah. issues of stress or sleep. Nobody, no side effect reported. And the awesome. the beauty of it is that when you try it, you will see those vibrations are so subtle that you barely feel them at all. Then we are not vibrating your bone, to be honest. We are vibrating your skin. It doesn't even reach the bone, those vibrations. And that's what oh, important wow. because we are targeting the end, nerve endings in your skin. We don't really care vibrating your head. Then it's... Uh, it's it's uh, and it has been long term because we have been doing it for four years now with multiple tests and we are very confident uh, about the safety prof profile of our technology. You see a lot of devices out there which send electricity through the skin, you know, all kind of crazy stuff, uh, which you know are safe reasonably with low level of intensity, but still it's electricity. We just vibrate on your skin. It's less interaction with the outside world than what you live every day crossing the street or getting wind in your face. You know, then you can imagine why it's not, there's no really a danger there. Uh, it's a gentle touch behind your skin. That's good to hear. I'm not, it's funny to me because I, I don't know why this came into my head, but you think of the things that you put on your skin that are supposed to help you. You talked about the electricity and I know Cove is not this, but uh, as I walk through the mall, you know, in years past, they've got those electric massagers, you know, that they'll throw on your back and everything. And I remember the first time I tried, cause I said, I'll pretty much try anything. Right. Put on my back. I was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> get that thing off. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that was your skin. Yeah, exactly. It just did not feel good, you know, and I'm sure because you're just talking, but that's electrical impulses, you know, and that's not the case with Cove. And And those electrical massagers that you are describing, which I have used too, because I'm a runner and sometimes you get injuries. um, Yeah. Do you like them? I don't like them, man. (laughs) They work. I mean, if you go to the chiropractor or whatever, they put it on the, put these big electrodes on your back and basically you get spasms. That's the idea. Yeah, exactly. It's not right. It's not natural. It's not natural. (laughs) The benefit is that when your muscle spasms, you actually get rid of some knots in it. That's the whole ambition is to like let the, huh. the it's to get the body to flow uh, better. And it works in that area, but it feels horrible. And it's actually burning uh, locally. If you look with a microscope, you'll see burns on your skin. Yeah. Really? <laughs> what is electricity? Good God. <laughs> the crazy things that people come up with. I mean, that's great, you know, but that just seemed a little medieval. Something that wraps around my head and just like gently vibrates my skin. That's a little more gentle. And that's a, like I said, it's like the, the touching of the baby, like I did with my kids. And that's a power. I mean, that's what our company is about. We look, we're looking at many other things uh, for the future, but we would just want to activate existing pathways in your body uh you are wired for that we are just wiring then instead of sending it's we are not wired to receive electricity through the skin unless you are hit by lightning there's no reason (laughs) there's no reason for you to ever get electricity right (laughs) how do we convince people of that really (laughs) we're not wired to have electricity come through our skin okay (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great. You're making me laugh today, my man. I like it. <laughs> that's fun. I, uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, it's really exciting to me. You know, the, what's the goal for the company at this point? You know, cause I mean, you've got this and you know, how did you get it out there and what's the next steps to, to make it more aware? Cause I don't think there's many people that know about this and I'm no, sure it can we, help. 
basically just launched. Uh, we are, we started shipping like a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we have customers. Uh, we are starting to wear it, and we get a lot of feedback. Uh, our ambition, and I'm not naive at all about that, um, it's going to take time. Uh, it's a new technology, you know, wearables today that people are used to. They are trackers. We all have them. I have a Garmin watch. I have these, I have that. We have these rings, they have everything. What do they do? They take your vitals, and you have to look at a dashboard on your phone to act upon it. It's bio, it's basically it's biofeedback. You, you, you extract something from your body, you look at data, and then you act upon it. You change your behavior, you walk more, you run, you do this, you do that. There are plenty, and those are great. They work, but it's still a very active, conscious process. You have to learn about yourself and act upon it, and it's a, it's a closed loop. We I almost didn't like those either. I've done the sleep trackers, man. And I look at that and then I see like, oh, last night was a bad night. Am I going to get a, get a bad night tonight? And the sleep tracker exactly. gave me sleep anxiety. Because you got I- it. <laughs> Beautiful. Exactly. The problem of that, it's data overload. It's, it's generating more anxiety because you are anxious of looking at your dashboard the next morning. How did I sleep? And it becomes a vicious circle. I mean, some can help. Don't take me wrong. I use it for running, for instance, of a specific athletic performance, I think they're great because I improve my running by looking. Oh, yeah, right on. Yep. What we do is the opposite. We, we write, in a way, directly into your brain, you know, in a very shortcut way of saying, obviously, it's a simplification. Then we also collect data. We have a heart rate sensor on it as well because that's more for research purpose and maybe at some point it will be useful to users. But the idea is just... Don't do anything. Don't overthink it. Don't think about it. Put it on. Do it 20 minutes, whenever you want, multiple times a day. There's no risk there. And just enjoy. It's going to happen in your brain. You won't even feel it and know about it. You will just know over time because you feel better, you live better. Then I think we, we are taking, we are flipping the proposition from what wearables do today. And I think that will take a little time for people to grasp it and understand it. Then we are very, we are patient. We uh, want to uh, create the awareness through also a lot of seriousness on the science side. That's why we have a medical division as well, which is looking at really clearing some of this technology for FDA claims, like anxiety and insomnia, which are controlled mm. uh, uh, claims, and, and and go from there. Then we, we're going to build slowly, and maybe it will it will catch uh, faster than we think. But we are we are patient, and the idea is to create this new category and own it. And, and, and make sure that it's always backed by science. That's really the ambition for the future. Right on. The truth never lies, right? The data never lies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it, my man. Where can everyone pick up a cove? Uh, on our website for now. That's exclusively sold on uh, feelcove.com. I love it. And you're on social media, yeah? We can follow you? Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Yeah. Beautiful. I got that. Francois, I really appreciate you being on today, my man. This has been a fun, a really fantastic conversation. And it's exciting. Everyone has difficulties with sleeping at some point, and I'm I'm excited to order some of these things too. A really great side effect we hear a lot from people is that it it helps them with relationships because as they acquire better resilience to stress, they become easier people to deal with. They don't necessarily realize themselves, but they usually hear it from someone else they live with, saying, "Oh, usually when that happens, you would you know jump through the roof and be so upset, and now you are not." Then after like 30 days of daily use, some people change actually in terms of reacting to stressful events and the closed ones notice, which is a great testimony, I think. Yeah. That's fantastic. Right on, my man. Well, thanks again, brother. Thanks for being on. And good luck, because I'm sure this thing's going to take off. We just got to get in the right places, right? Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much for your time. 
What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.